Welcome to the Our Ability Podcast 2022. This year, we're going to take a look at disability and the human experience. It's a conversation that's been coming up over and over again with some friends of mine with disabilities. You see, as individuals with disabilities, we don't always get the chance to compare notes, to think about the other's situation, to talk about things that become pretty personal. And so this is an opportunity with the Our Ability podcast to talk about the human experience of disability in a new way. We're going to have six episodes. In these episodes, we're going to discuss health. We're going to discuss aging. We're going to discuss finance. We're going to discuss fair fair pay for healthcare workers, which is a big deal in New York State. Here in episode one, we're going to be talking with Jenna McCloskey. Jenna is a representative of the New York State Comptroller's Office and assists in the managing of the New York ABLE account. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> it's great to have you here. We've talked about the ABLE account last year, and I wanted to sort of give our listeners an update on what's going on with the ABLE account, but also what is an ABLE account, and then we want to talk about the human experience. Um, as I laid out at the beginning, you know, our 2022 podcast is all about the human experience of people with disabilities, and so uh, certainly money comes into it. So I wanted to welcome you. Uh, give you an opportunity to remind New Yorkers and those listening, what is an ABLE account? Of course. Um, so an ABLE account is a tax advantaged savings account for um, New York ABLE, specifically for New Yorkers with disabilities, but there's ABLE accounts nationwide um, for people in other states. And they're intended to um, allow individuals with disabilities to save um, short-term or long-term for their disability-related expenses, but without impacting their ability to benefit from federal programs like, um, like Medicaid, like SSI, SSDI, HUD, SNAP benefits, things like that. Um, ABLE accounts came to be originally because individuals receiving SSI are limited to only having $2,000 in assets in their own name. So with an ABLE account, they can save at this point up to $16,000 per year. Um, and they're able to have full control over their money. The money's in their own name. They can access their money quickly and easily when they need it. Um, but the federal benefit programs are not allowed to count money in an ABLE account as an asset against them. Okay. How, how is it going? How is it going in New York State with a New York ABLE account? It's going well. We, we of course, wish that it was growing more quickly. Um, we still hear every day about people that have never heard of this program and have no idea how they've never heard of it, um, but it is steadily increasing. We have um, uh, over 2,200 accounts statewide at this time. Um, and at the beginning of the pandemic, I think we worried a little bit, um, worried about people having the ability to save money, um, worried that we were going to take a little bit of a hit, but that didn't happen at all. Um, the, the accounts continued to increase through the entire pandemic, especially when people started getting stimulus checks and enhanced unemployment benefits and um, child tax credits, because then their assets were building up quicker than they ever had before. Everything was closed, so we don't have as much of an ability to spend our money like we were before. Um, and their assets were building up and they needed a safe place 
to be able to put that money and still have access to it. So people were, were learning about ABLE accounts at that time and opening them new. I, before COVID, I saw you at a lot of, a lot of events and uh, it, it was great. And we, we, you know, we spread the word, you spread the word and, and we're at mm-hmm. events with COVID. How has it been different getting the word out about the ABLE accounts? It's been very different. Um, we, I am still 100% work from home. Um, most of the other people in my office are 50% work from home at this time. Um, all of the in-person activities are always kind of up in the air. You know, are they going to be in person? Is there going to be another surge and it's going to go back to virtual? So we've pretty much focused on, on virtual presentations. Um, which was kind of new for everybody, you know, it took a couple of months to get up and running. But once we started, it became a really great tool that we're going to continue to use, even if things go completely back to normal eventually. Um, My last, I had a presentation last month with Best Buddies New York, and we were able to present to every one of their chapters throughout New York, Western New York and downstate and everywhere, all at once, which when we did in-person presentations, we were never able to access that many people at once. Um, so it's, it's been fantastic. We've had some throughout the pandemic that had a thousand people logged on. So it's been great. That's great. So when you have yeah. those presentations, do you see a tick up in, in accounts that open? Um, we do sometimes. Yeah. We, um, we allow, a census who's our program manager, we let them know in advance so that if there's an uptick in phone calls and things like that, they know why. Um, But sometimes there's a little bit of a delay because we're not always presenting just to end users. We're not always presenting to people with disabilities and their families. Sometimes we're presenting to um, care managers and people who are on the front line. So if they learn about the program, then they can better able, uh, better be able to recommend our program to people going forward, you know, not just through the one presentation, but, you know, over the next several years. Last year in 2021, we spent a lot of our time in our podcast about, uh, you know, advocating certain issues with the government. So I know that we've got good representation of some of the other leaders of, of other organizations. So it, if you were to pitch me on, and I was a, you know, executive director of a disability organization, which I guess I am, mm-hmm. what would you, yeah. what would you ask me uh, to get me to, to help you present to, to our community? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, first I ask, you know, who, who you're working with and what, um, what your mission is, you know, what your, um, what the reason is that you're getting the word out. Um, for I know your organization specifically, you try to get people back into the workforce and try to get um, get agencies to want to employ individuals with disabilities long term. And one of the great things about ABLE for that population is, again, we don't, um, an ABLE account doesn't change their um, their income. It's not a spend down for, uh, for those purposes. But Um, a lot of individuals are afraid to get back to work because they don't want their benefits to get suspended. And they're so afraid if they're making money, then their benefits are going to get suspended, which, you know, if they're making $75,000 a year, isn't that big of a a big of a deal. They'd be making enough money to support themselves. But if they're making minimum wage, they can't afford to have those benefits suspended while they're out there trying to do the right thing. So with an ABLE account, all of that extra money 
um, that they receive, they can be putting in their account and keeping it, keeping it safe, saving for a house, saving for a car, you know, saving for their, their medical needs. Um, you know, one, one story I like to tell a lot. Um, some people ask me if I've got SSI and I've got Medicaid and they pay for my housing, they pay for my medical needs. What the heck do I need an ABLE account for? And ABLE accounts are intended to supplement those programs. So we all know that there are areas where those programs fall short. And one of those, um, one of those examples I can think of off the top of my head is um, my friend adopted a child with disabilities several years ago. He has since passed away, um, but he had a prosthetic leg and um, he was two years old when he was adopted and Medicaid would only pay for a new updated prosthetic every two years, which if you're talking about an adult, that might be totally fine. Yeah. But if you're talking about a two-year-old, that prosthetic is not going to get him two years. It's not going to fit him in six months. No, it's not. So that's someplace where having an account like an ABLE account can really come in. It can supplement those sorts of things. You can pay to get your wheelchair repaired if Medicaid might not cover it. You can get updated prosthetics every time you need them, even if it's too often for Medicaid. Um, so able really can come in handy in lots of different situations. Again, we're joined on the our ability podcast by uh, Jenna McCloskey from the New York state controller's office and the, the New York able account. And Jenna, I, Jenna and I have had numerous conversations about disability related issues and able account. And so uh, we're happy to have you back again this year. You know, we're talking about the human experience this year in 2022. And, and a lot of the reason we're doing it is it comes out of conversations that I have with other people with disabilities that become personal in nature. So we talk about things like aging, we talk about uh, dressing, we talk about the, the washroom, we talk about things that happen to us that maybe we don't talk about uh, with other people. But as my as I age with a disability and some of our other friends age with a disability, you know, we're running into things that are similar and yet normally wouldn't have been spoken about. And so to me, this is a time that we should be speaking about in New York state right now. It's April, 2022. You know, we're, we're hearing a lot about the battle of uh, fair pay for healthcare workers. And it's, it's really personal for a lot of us. So this is timely, you know, people can use the money they save for different purposes. You mentioned prosthetic legs. You know, I went as a, as a two-year-old up until I was 12, had prosthetics, and they were fit every six months. And if my parents had, had not had an angel to support that, that would not have happened. So uh, you can see the, the benefits of this. Um, you know, uh, you can see why people would do this. Me, personally, 53 years old. I own a company. I've got a good income. I also have an ABLE account. And I'm doing it to protect myself because you never know what happens down the road. I want to be able to have that nest egg there. And if I need a vehicle or I need medical or I need something, I know that I've got that put aside and it's growing and I'm, I'm doing it purposefully. Plus, as a person with a disability, I want to be a leader and I want to say that I am doing it. So if you're out there and you are disabled and you've been disabled for a long time, please take a look at it because it is something that can help you and collectively we can help each other um, in, in supporting this. Jenna, I, I want to talk about the human experience. 
you know, we've shared a lot of personal stories, but uh, without naming some names, can you, can you share with me something that maybe people don't think about? You already mentioned the prosthetic leg and I'm sure the audience may not think about that. Can you share something or, or a couple of some things that maybe we haven't thought about before? Yeah, one thing we we talked about earlier, John, is um, I was doing a presentation previously uh, to the pandemic when I was still doing presentations in person, which was nice because I'd be able to hang around afterward and and just like you said, talk talk to people about their experiences. And there was a a young woman there um, who had Down syndrome, and her uh, legal guardian for you know medical and financial purposes was her brother. And I always think about think about her when I'm talking about ABLE accounts, because she said to me, her big thing was independence. She said, I don't want to have to ask my brother when I want to spend my own money. And, you know, more specifically with, with their dynamic, with a young woman versus um, an, an older male, she doesn't want to have to say, Hey, I need money for a new bra or hey, I have my period, I need money for tampons. You know, that's, you know, those are things that we should absolutely not be ashamed of, but at the same time, we shouldn't have to talk about it either. (laughs) You know, she shouldn't have to feel, you know, dehumanized by having to ask her brother for money for those types of purposes. Um, And with an ABLE account, um, you can invest your money so you can choose any number of, of investment options to, to grow your money long-term, but you can also choose a checking account that automatically comes with a debit card. So with that, it makes it so quick and easy for an individual to spend their own money that it really fosters independence. You know, they don't have to constantly be asking other people for their funds, which sometimes individuals who are perfectly capable of managing their own finances still have to do. Um, So in situations where someone might have a special needs trust, they do that to protect their assets. But the design of a special needs trust is that the money is technically in someone else's name. So even if you have no cognitive disabilities at all, you're perfectly able to manage your own finances if you have a special needs trust and that's the only place the bulk of your money is um, is at, you still need to be asking trustees and lawyers and banks to, um, to get your money. You have to give them the reason that you wanna spend your money where with an ABLE account, um, you can really make those decisions and execute them all on your own, which so, is really wonderful. So what kind, of, what kind of disabilities do you, you know, what kind of people with disabilities and what different disabilities uh, can take advantage of an ABLE account? literally any. Um, so there are, there's no income qualifications. There's no, um, no requirement for having benefits or for not having benefits. Literally, you just have to be for our program, a New York state resident um, with a disability that was in place prior to 26. Um, you can go to our website for for more specifics of, about, you know, some, some things that you, some options of things that can qualify you, but literally, as long as a, a doctor can say that you have a disability that was in place prior to 26, you're good. So it can be um, mental health disability. It can be developmental. It can be physical. It can be respiratory, um, you know, anything that can be considered 
um, a disability could qualify. Were you always this well-versed in the disability space? Um, I wasn't, no, I don't, I didn't have a specific background in, in disabilities. I have a background in early childhood education and my, um, one of my friends has adopted, um, two children with disabilities and I, you know, adore them. Um, so I had a personal experience, but as far as professional, this is my first, um, uh, my first, um, career now, you know, in, in the disability space. And I really love it. You know, I've learned, I've learned a lot. Um, again, I found out, I don't know if I've told you, I found out a few years ago through a 23andMe test that I have um, what they call um, in layman's terms, genetic emphysema. So I have a genetic predisposition to, um, to have emphysema basically guaranteed at an early age. So I'm now considered a person with, with a, an invisible disability as well. Um, and it just, it applies to so many people. Um, you know, again, invisible disabilities as well, people with mental health, um, mental health issues and PTSD and, you know, things that we, we don't think about as much or don't realize people are going through. Um, it applies to just so much of our community and we should be protecting those people. We should be helping those people. Um, even, even with COVID now, once things start getting a little bit safer, then they start saying, well, 90% of people can now go unmasked, but you've been telling us for two years that those 10% that can't be unmasked are only protected if everybody around them is wearing a mask. Right. So even, even with COVID, it feels like um, people with disabilities are, are getting the short end of the stick a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, we, I'm, I'm so grateful that you have spent your life advocating for them and you continue to do so. Thank you. Where are we going in the next five years with the ABLE account specifically? What do you, what do you, what's your hopes and dreams as you, you think about the next five years? Oh, well, there's, there's some changes coming down the pike that hopefully we can talk about, um, talk about uh, next year <laughs> once they're in place. <laughs> um, but it's possible there will be an expanded um, definition of who can open an ABLE account for a loved one with a disability. So that might really give access to, to more individuals, which is fantastic. Um, we're hoping to get more, more agencies, more individuals aware of this program so that every individual that had a disability at a young age is able to benefit from our account. Um, some of the new things that have happened this year, um, we've completely redesigned our website so we've got a new new website with an accessibility widget. So you can click on that to change font size and colors and contrast and you know um, get closed captioning on everything and lots of different things to make the website more accessible for a lot of different people. And we also just launched a Spanish translation. So um, that again, you know, I don't know how large the uh, population in New York is of disabled Americans who mostly speak Spanish, but we want, we want the, um, the program to be as accessible to everyone as possible. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing we want everybody to have an able account, <laughs> everyone that can. Yeah. And everybody, everybody that, that is disabled out there. And again, if you're disabled before 26 years old, 
this is for you. You should take a look at it. Uh, Jenna, what's the what's the web address? Website is mynyable.org. Um, and, you know, they can go there 24-7 to get more information, get our phone number to call if they have questions. Um, we have a, if you click on the investments page, we have what's called the what kind of investor are you page. Um, so for people who see that they have investment options, but are not experienced and don't know which ones to choose, it gives you a bunch of questions to ask yourself to kind of figure out which of those options would be best for you. And you can change those options at any time as things change. So it's a really, really helpful website. We've got frequently asked questions page now. Um, so people can probably get all of their answers, question, uh, their questions answered if they scour through that page. Say, um, so it's a, a really great website. We're proud of it. Say the website again. Say the URL. Yep. It's mynyable.org. Excellent. Uh, Jenna, this has, again, been fantastic. If you're an organization out there and you uh, have people with disabilities that you work with, please reach out. Reach out to Jenna. She'd be happy to do a, a presentation. Happy to help get people involved. Again, I have an ABLE account. I'm glad I have an ABLE account, not only for my personal self in the future, but as an advocate for other people with disabilities. I believe it's my place. Jenna, thank you for coming. We'll have you again next year. Thank you so much, John. I'm looking forward to it. You're very welcome. Take care.